live from Earth, it's Space Radio. I'm Paul Sutter, astrophysicist at Stony Brook University and the Flatiron Institute. And for the next half hour, your agent to the stars. Again, an exciting show for you today is Oumuamua Alien Tech and our scientists out to silence the truth or the speakers of truth. I don't know. I'm making this up on the spot, but this show lives on listener questions. We record every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern here at Spaceman Studios in New York City. So leave a voicemail to get yourself on the air. You can also follow along with the Space Cadets tuning in live from around the world, including but not limited to what we've got today. Liverpool, UK, Canada, Texas, Washington, D.C., uh, Poland, Scottsdale, Arizona, and I'm sure more by neglect. Darmstadt, Germany. There you are. Uh, there's more by I didn't. I didn't write them down. Dubuque, Iowa. Howell, New Jersey. Oxford, Alabama. Don't confuse it with the Oxford, England. It's just, I went. I went to a symposium there, and it was. It turned out it was the wrong Oxford. I don't know. Long story. <laughs> Check out spaceradioshow.com for all the links. Now, folks, I'm tired. I am tired. It has been a long day (laughs) is that uniform from babylon 5 my sweater you're right i should get some epaulets i could be like commander b6 babylon 6 i'm I'm calling it it's mine okay sorry easily distracted it's been a long day folks (laughs) i intended this show to be mostly about the future of the space launch system and the future of nasa but there's been some news that's been brewing that I hoped would just fade away. But it's seeming to reach a fever pitch, a a crescendo. And I've spent a better part of today writing journalists or responding to questions and getting very, very frustrated and like trying to focus and tune and and, and really laser focus like what I'm getting frustrated about and, and what I'm trying to communicate. So, so here's some backstory. Here's some backstory. Uh, three years ago or so, Oumuamua came to visit. This is The Rock from that came in from outside the solar system and it scooted around the sun and then it's already on its way out. It's like past the orbit of Neptune or something by now. It's like it's out already out there and on its way out. It's going super fast, over 100,000 miles an hour. Uh, we didn't see it until it was already on its way out and we looked in archival data. We realized, oh my gosh, this is an interstellar interloper. This is This is definitely an object from outside the solar system. Okay, super cool, super exciting. It, it, it was like, oh, this is something we've never seen before, like a big rock tumbling in and then tumbling out. And it's super weird. Oumuamua is weird. It's like long and skinny. It's tumbling end over end. Uh, there, there's all sorts of cool science to do with Oumuamua. Among the cool science, uh, Avi Loeb, who is the chair of the astronomy department at Harvard and also one of the most powerful and influential astronomers in the world, a point which we will return to later. He serves on, he's on like President Biden's Science Advisory Committee. He's the chair of the Decadal Survey. The Decadal Survey is where astronomers and physicists every 10 years get together and decide what the priority for the next 10 years is going to be. He's the chair of that. So he like guides 
the the future of astronomy every a decade at a time he's like the chair of the breakthrough initiatives project where they're trying to build a or build designs for a light sail spacecraft to get to Proxima Centauri he's he's just major he's like a bajillion papers he's he's Avilov he's a big deal I may have collaborated with him in the past I, I honestly don't remember if I'm on, on a paper with him or not I know I was in one collaboration with him at one point <sighs> Avi Loeb suggested that uh, maybe it's not a rock. Maybe it's an alien spaceship. His evidence for the fact that it was an, an alien spaceship was uh, uh, twofold. One is like it's like weird in general and it had some weird properties, properties unlike other rocks we've seen in our solar system. And then also on its outward journey, uh, it, it seemed to get a little acceleration boost. And he said, oh, that's that's uh, obviously it's because it has a big solar sail and, and light is hitting the solar sail and, and pushing it along like the wind is picking up. OK, I spoke about it three years ago when this news broke, when this paper came out, because Avi Loeb, Dr. Avi Loeb likes to write a lot of papers. Uh, some of these papers are very useful and interesting. Some are, let's say, outlandish, a little bit fringy. Uh, the media loves the fringy, and Avi Loeb has wonderful media relations. Like he was named like Times one of the top twenty-five people in space. So like he has the press contacts, and so every time Avi Loeb writes a paper, the world hears about it. The world here heard about it. Uh, I tweeted and about it, of course, and I said, "No, Umumas, there's no evidence that it's a spaceship." Like, and and actually went further. And I said, um, you know, Dr. Loeb is insulting on a scientific inquiry for suggesting it. So that went, the world moved on. People continued to study and pour over the data of Oumuamua. Planetary scientists, experts in small rocky bodies. Avi Loeb is not a, a, a specialist or an expert in planetary bodies. He's primarily a cosmologist. Uh Everyone else either moved on with their lives or continued to study Oumuamua as a very fascinating and interesting natural object. Okay, uh, Loeb, Avi Loeb, did not move on. Now he has a book out. And in the book, he is claiming that this is uh, our first sign of extraterrestrial intelligence and that there is a conspiracy against him because he's trying to bring up this hypothesis that guys it's maybe it's aliens and he's claiming that scientists like me are just shutting him down and don't even want to hear the theory even his his ideas like look i've got all the evidence i i can explain the origins and the mysterious properties of Oumuamua if we if we even advance this hypothesis that it's an alien spacecraft and but no one wants to hear me and scientists are, are closed-minded there was one quote uh, that i found where he compared himself to galileo where he's saying like i'm i'm railing against the establishment and and no, and they're shutting me down they're putting me under house arrest okay so that's where we are Dr. Avi Loeb is the only astronomer in the world who believes that this is an alien spaceship or believes that it is even likely or believes that it is a valid hypothesis. So if we want to throw around terms like scientific consensus, like we do for, say, like global warming or the nature of vaccines, we can throw that word around here. The vast majority, as in all of them minus Avi Loeb, believe that Oumuamua is a natural, it's a rock. 
It's a naturally occurring rock. It's a fascinating rock. It's an interesting rock. People have devoted the past three years to studying it. Uh, we have a very, very limited data, amount of data, which fits into this story. We have a very limited amount of data when it comes to Oumuamua because we caught in archival data. We got some images or not. We don't even have a picture of it. We got some observations of it on its way out, and that's it. And that's all we'll ever have is this limited pool of data. I interviewed for one article where the uh, reporter asked me my thoughts and, and I said the, the, the usual. I said, listen, we don't know. At the end of the day, you don't know what Oumuamua is, right? There, there's not, not enough data to like conclusively say what it is. But we are going to lean towards the natural explanation that's a rock because people have been working on this for years. Everything that they're coming up with is consistent with it being a natural object. Avilob is the only one advancing this alien hypothesis. But and, and as I've said time and time again on this show, and I highlighted to the reporter, aliens is a bad hypothesis. Aliens did it, or this is an alien, or an artifact of an intelligent civilization is a bad scientific hypothesis. It's bad because aliens can do whatever you want them to do. They have agency. They have intelligence. They can match any observation you want. Any mystery in the universe. If you have a set of data and you're like, wow, I, full, I can't fully explain everything about this data set, you can insert aliens because they can do whatever they want. They can have whatever powers you want. They can have whatever capabilities. They can have whatever reach you want them to have in order to explain the data. And because that hypothesis is so broad and so flexible, it makes it scientifically weak. How are we supposed to test this? How are we supposed to test if it's aliens, if aliens are capable of doing anything? Related to this, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the the weird radio signal for the breakthrough list, and I was, you know, I was making this exact same point, uh, I talked about Jason Wright, professor uh, who does study. Uh, we're, we're, I'm going to interview Jason in a couple months, and we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about the nature of evidence. It's going to be very, very fun. Uh, we had some email back exchanges. It's going to be a fun, very polite, very respectful, professional conversation that I think you'll enjoy. But it's the exact same point over and over again. Aliens are bad hypotheses. So not only are they at the bottom of the list in terms of likelihood, it's debatable whether they should even be on the list because you don't know if that's a good hypothesis. Like, why don't we just say it's miracles? Why don't we say it's just angels? We don't because that seems like supernatural and infinitely flexible and, and, and a bad hypothesis. And that's not what science focuses on. Fo science focuses on natural explanations for the natural world. That's what we do. Uh, yes, and I am saying Avilo might as well have written a book saying it's angels. In terms of power of scientific hypothesis it's a very weak hypothesis it's not a powerful one it's not a useful hypothesis so we don't know what Oumuamua is 
But there is no evidence that it's aliens. There is no evidence that it's an extraterrestrial spacecraft. Which is not the story you get from Dr. Loeb. If you just listen, he's done a bajillion interviews, of course. When you listen to Dr. Loeb, he points out to all the things we don't understand about Oumuamua, which is a lot. And then he finds a way to explain that using aliens. Well, like if it's aliens, then we can explain the acceleration. If it's aliens, we can explain the tumble. If, we can, if it's aliens, we can explain its existence. Down the line. This is disingenuous because it's ignoring the three years of research that we've done on Oumuamua. And we're perfectly capable of explaining its acceleration and its properties now. As a natural object. Are these... Theories and hypotheses fully ironclad, able to explain every inch of the data? No, but no theory is. Guys, we don't know fully how the sun works. We don't know how coronal mass ejections fully work. We don't know why the corona of the sun is hot. Is it aliens that is making the corona of the sun hot? I bet you could find a way to make aliens responsible for it. We don't know how supernova fully works. Is it aliens that are making the supernova go off? You, I bet you could find a way to have aliens explain it. Dark energy, the accelerated expansion of the universe, is it, is it aliens? I bet you could figure out a way. Dark matter, that too. Leptogenesis, bare, like, like matter, antimatter asymmetry. Was it aliens in the early universe? Like you could, any mystery at all of which the universe is full of because that's the beauty of science is to live in a universe full of mysteries. Any mystery can be explained by aliens. You can construct an intelligent species that can do that thing, patch that hole. So it becomes scientifically useless. The other interesting angle, and yes, there is cheese at the end of this. Uh, like I'm seeing Eureka Roberto saying he didn't make any claims. Guys, 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 I'm going to, he is making claims. He's, he, uh, let me see. I'm going to pull up. He did a Reddit AMA today. Ask me anything. You want a Reddit? You can do these things. Ask me anything. Um, here's the title of his Ask Me Anything. I am Avi Loeb, and I'm here to explain how I noticed the first tentative sign for intelligent life beyond Earth. That is a claim, folks. That is a sentence claiming tentative evidence for the existence of intelligent life outside of the Earth. There are so many interesting facets to this story. One is what Avi Loeb says he's claiming or not claiming than what he is actually doing. He is advocating that this is an intelligent uh, or at least a valid hypothesis or something worth considering. He is claiming that we should take this seriously. Another interesting angle is the twisting of this to become a conversation about what it's not. About instead of saying, guys, I think it's aliens and here's my evidence and then allowing the scientific community to rebut it, which it has, and finds that narrative lacking, finds that hypothesis lacking, both because of lack of direct evidence and also because it's a bad hypothesis. Instead, Dr. Loeb is, is shifting the narrative 
to be about how he's like a rebel and a heretic. He's Galileo fighting the establishment and people are trying to shut him down. Like alien or like, like scientists don't even want to talk about aliens. Okay. That's, that's absurd on its face because there's an entire branch of astronomy known as SETI, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. So obviously we like to talk and think about aliens. He is acting like he's some persecuted martyr. Folks, he is one of the most powerful people in astronomy. Folks, if I were a young researcher, if I were a a postdoc or a grad student or even tenure track, and I were to come out and publicly criticize Loeb, like become an enemy of it and say, Dr. Loeb, I think you are wrong and do it in a very public way. I would be worried about my future. I'm not saying he can like destroy me, but he can certainly influence things because he sits on all of these committees. He controls where money and fellowships go to a much greater degree than your average astronomer. If I got into a debate with him, and I have, journalists have have quoted me and quoted him side by side, and it's like, chair of the Harvard Astronomy Department versus some guy at like Stony Brook in the the flat, flat something institute, who is this guy? Avi Loeb is not a martyr. He is not a heretic. He's just wrong. And the scientific establishment, a quote I developed today that I, that I put on social media and I've been telling to journalists is, science isn't against aliens. Science is against bad ideas. And Oumuamua being an artifact of alien intelligence is a bad idea. It's just not a good idea. It's not... A solid hypothesis. And it can arguably, and that's the case I make, that it's not a valid scientific hypothesis. Look, if aliens actually visited or communicated with us, I believe they would do it in a way where we wouldn't need the tools of the scientific method in order for that to be apparent. We wouldn't need to talk about hypotheses and Bayesian priors and statistical uncertainties and and, and limited observations. We would just know. This wouldn't be a scientific question anymore. Are there aliens out there? I think there are aliens out there. That's my personal opinion. Is a Muamua an alien spaceship? No, I don't think so, personally. I don't know for sure. Because we only have a limited set of observations, which so conveniently works into Dr. Loeb's narrative. Because this is, we have all the observations we're ever going to get of a muamua. So he goes around, and I've seen him quoted in articles saying, prove me wrong. If you think it's not aliens, then prove me wrong. But the alien hypothesis was so flexible and so broad that constructed the narrative just so in order to answer every single mystery possible and then, okay, we don't have any more data. That's it. It's it's an impossible situation to prove wrong. Instead, we look at the weight of evidence and and prior assumptions and and the data that we do have and the work that's been done on Oumuamua for years. 
And the work that's been done on a Oumuamua for years points it to being a rock. And no one's out to get Dr. Lowe. He's powerful and influential. If I were a young scientist, like I said, I would be worried to take up a public stance against him. Or even a scientific stance against him. Thankfully, I'm like somewhere like outside that system, so I don't care if if Dr. Loeb gets mad at me. I'm sure he already is. It's not going to affect my professional career one bit, so I feel safe. People aren't responding to his ideas because they're afraid to talk about aliens. They're they're not engaging with him because it's just not a good idea. And he hasn't gained a lot of scientific traction with this idea in two years. So instead he's writing a book and he's going on podcast interviews and he's painting this picture of him being the, the persecuted guy when in fact he is one of the most powerful people in the world when it comes to astronomy or physics or maybe even science in general. He's, he's up there. And if you just, just listen, read his book or listen to his interviews – he, of course he's going to construct the narrative of the presentation of the evidence and his idea, and it's going to make so much sense, just like a conspiracy theory. Just like, uh, say, a climate change denier can like you know, distort the, the words just right and then claim persecution because no one is believing them. I got upset because Avi Loeb is trying to create this like binary argument where you have to choose between aliens and not aliens. And of course you're going to choose aliens because aliens are awesome. And it would be fun for aliens to exist. But that binary choice that Dr. Loeb wants you to pick. He wants you to pick Aliens are not aliens, and he's got a lot of evidence, quote, evidence for aliens. So pick. And if you can't prove me wrong, then you have to at least accept the hypothesis. That is a false dichotomy. He is setting up a binary yes or no on-off choice when there isn't one. We don't know what Oumuamua is. We are allowed to rank our various hypotheses for what it is based on the available evidence, based on everything we else know about the universe. We are allowed to discard hypotheses if they lack explanatory power, if they lack the ability to be falsified, if they lack utility, if they don't make any sense. We are allowed to reject hypotheses. But we can live in that spectrum. We can live. <sighs> Niji on YouTube, why not just let Avi talk about the aliens and just ignore the subject? There. You know, I, I, I actually had this um, conversation with my manager. Uh, like, a part of me wants it to just go away. And just not engage with it because you know what? Every time I talk about it, like I'm doing now, it's helping his book sales. You know, every time a journalist reaches out to me and wants a quote, then that's one more article. That's more people in any, in, in a certain you know percentage, we'll, we'll go on to buy the book. And, and then he gets a few more dollars, which he probably doesn't need. 
but a few people will listen and hear different signs. I'm not saying my side. I'm just hearing different different perspectives because the people who who care about Oumuamua as a scientific object, as a natural object, the, the scientists and researchers and astronomers who have been studying Oumuamua for years and interstellar objects like it and planetary objects like it for decades, they don't have popular books on the subject. They're not getting booked on like the Joe Rogan experience or Sean Carroll's podcast or Lex Friedman or, or, or the, the New Yorker. Like they're not getting booked on there because they don't have the presence in the public or in the media that Avi Loeb does. So maybe, Nancy, that's a great idea that I just had. Why don't we book months from now, because we're like, we have guests like booked like half a year in advance. Uh, like someone who's like studying Oumuamua as a natural object. And then after all this hype is down, we just have a nice friendly chat about the awesomeness of Oumuamua without it being clouded by all this alien. Uh, and, and so the reason I did decide I am entertaining most interviews, I had to decline one interview uh, for tomorrow. It was a radio interview where Avila was going to be live, but then they were going to just do a pre-recorded questions for me and then bring in the questions and allow him to rebut it. And, and then like I would not be on the phone. I, I declined that one. I didn't like that structure. I did do one interview where the... The writer of the article uh, called me a dogmatist and that my arguments were based on dogma, not science, for pointing out that hypotheses need to actually be useful. I was surprised because that felt like a very scientific argument to me. That's, that, that's an argument I would make. Uh, you know, if we were talking about magnetic fields around uh, giant galaxies and someone uh, came came up with this hypothesis that was you know, not even aliens, but just too broad, too vague, too flexible, too many parameters, I would say, this seems useless. And I don't think this is a valid hypothesis. I think your hypothesis needs to be simpler so we can actually test it. And also another reason... Another reason is I'm writing my own book. <laughs> it's called The Sickness in Science. It'll be out this fall. And I just, just last week finished the chapter on pride, on scientific pride and how scientists are removing themselves from the public and separating themselves and mistreating the public and failing at science communication. And one of the ways that they fail in science communication is through what I call science by popular book. Where they have an idea, the scientific community like judges it, as we do. We constantly judging and evaluating each other's ideas, finds it lacking, and instead of just like moving on, they write a popular book about the subject and then do a bunch of interviews and then they they talk about their awesome crazy idea and then the public believes that this is mainstream scientific thought and it's not. I think ultimately. People are coming away from this thinking that scientists put out crazy alien ideas all the time and don't really care about evidence. Is there, uh, Daniel is asking, is there something that we do know about Oumuamua that's inconsistent with the behavior of a solar sail? Uh, no, because the solar sail idea, you can have any size solar sail. 
It can be in any shape, any configuration. It can be deployed and then brought back. You can make the solar sail do anything you want to evade and sneak around. Because if you say, well, if the solar sail is this big and that's what it can do and it has these properties to explain the, uh, the boost in acceleration. And by the way, the boost in acceleration is most likely outgassing. Like as it was leaving, it was leaking a little. This happens or is warmed on one side more than the other. It happens to, to interplanetary objects all the time. You say, okay, the same solar sail. And then you say, oh, oh, but if there was a solar sail, then when it was closer to the sun, we should have seen it. And then you can say, oh, no, well, never mind. It was deployed when it was near the sun. They had it reeled in. And then when they got back out, that's when they brought out the solar sail. So, so no matter what, and that's, that, that's a perfect example of why this hypothesis is not useful. We don't know what a muamua is, but the hypothesis that is alien technology is a very weak scientific one. Because it is so dang flexible. Eureka was saying, you're saying that if you come out and say something, you'll be chastised right after you come out and say what's going on here. Uh, yeah, Avi Loeb, I'm, I don't know what he's been saying in private or saying to his journalist friends. I'm saying that if I were a career scientist, research scientist, and Avi Loeb is one of the top, top people in my field who can make or break careers inside of Harvard and outside, I would be very, very nervous about what I say and how I say it. I need to eat some cheese, folks. I need to eat some cheese. And answer some more of your questions. I knew this was going to be a long rant. But I hope I made sense. I'm canceling. You're canceling the word canceling. I'm going to critical. Yep. Yep. There was no mention of outgassing when they discovered this is Danny. Space cadets, you are wonderful. I know you've been having a conversation as I've been just talking to right to the microphone. There was no mention of outgassing when they discussed Oumuamua and Star Talk last week, and it was a thorough discussion. Guys, when, when we first noticed Oumuamua was getting this little gentle boost, it's a tiny, tiny little boost in acceleration on its way out. The first hypothesis was outgassing. Now, that first hypothesis... We didn't have any direct observations of gas coming out of a muamua. But like we we also have like really, really, really poor observations of a muamua because we it caught us with our pants down and we had to take a picture of it in a hurry. I'm not exactly sure where I'm going with that metaphor, but I think you follow. Astro B is saying my arguments are as scientific as the ones Avi puts forward. I am arguing that Avi's arguments are, are not very scientific at all. You can disagree with me. Of course, Avi disagrees with me. I also have my mug here that says, if it's interesting, it's probably wrong. Which is a good way to approach life. Um, yeah, Avi disagrees with me. He thinks his, his claims are perfectly scientific. Okay, let's have that discussion about the nature of scientific hypotheses. I would rather, much rather, and, and as I'm going into more, even more interviews tomorrow... 
that's where I'm leaning the discussion. Let's let's stop talking about aliens versus not aliens because that is the argument that Avi Loeb wants to have. Let's have a different discussion. Let's have a discussion on the nature of scientific hypotheses and let's eat some brie. Oh my gosh, truffle brie. This is from our friends at domscheese.com, D-O-M-S-Cheese.com. Yes, they do ship. If you don't find the option on the website, just give them a call or shoot them an email. They will send over boxes. I noticed they were doing a raclette box. Oh, wow. When they send you some raclette cheese and some potatoes and some cornichons. Oh, yes. And this, my friends, they gave me today. Wow. That is a truffle. You see the truffles? You see that this is a brie with truffles. I don't know who made this. Someone who is really enjoying life. That's who. But I know, and I know you can get it at Dom's Cheese. It smells. Wow. Wow. You know, after a long, nice rant, there's nothing more. There's nothing better than like a really, really nice truffle brie. I just, I'm going to keep smelling this. I'm going to keep smelling this. Oh, wow. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Complicated emotions. It's an amazing juice. Um... I love mushrooms. I have a certain mushroom threshold where where uh, I can get mushroomed out. Like, if I mean, like mushroom pizza. At a certain point, I'm like, wow, my mouth is really tired of the mushroom flavor. Like, I really like mushrooms for a while, but then the half-life is relatively short. Truffles are, like, intense. I took a large bite of this cheese. There is a very intense mushroom flavor because it's truffles and you can see it is not like that fake truffle where they put like one molecule of truffle component in it. Like you can see, like I felt the grit of the truffles. I don't even want to know how much this cheese costs. It costs one sponsorship on Space Radio and you and you can keep Space Radio going. It's patreon.com slash PM Sutter where you can drop a super chat over in the comments. I bet you can smell it from here. Yeah, Danny says, I think I can smell it. Yeah, I think you can. I think you can smell this. This isn't, so this is an amazing cheese. I should have taken a smaller bite. But it's amazing. I'll take it. I'll take it. <sighs> Guys, next week, let's not talk about aliens. Let's not talk about Oumuamua. Let's not talk about radio signals. Let's not talk about scientific hypotheses. I'm glad I had the opportunity to talk about all this cool stuff. And by cool stuff, I mean like how science works and when science is powerful and when science is not powerful. Once again, that's patreon.com slash PM Sutter to keep the show going. You can also drop a super chat. You can also buy my mug or t-shirt that says, if it's interesting, it's probably wrong. That's pmsutter.com slash store. Would I debate Avi Loeb? Probably. I think the debate will go in a direction that he's not ready for. I don't know. 
Astro B, I don't think you should give Avi the oxygen of publicity. Fair, fair. But I'm also giving myself the oxygen of publicity <laughs> and my new book that's going to dig into topics like this about scientists are abusing their positions and the trust of the public and it's a road and it's hurting all of us. <sighs> thank you. For, thank you for joining me on this Voyage of Space Radio. Once again, I'm Paul Sutter. This show is brought to you by you. Thank you, Nancy Graziano, for producing the show and rendering the Space Cadets. Catch the live stream every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Go to spaceradioshow.com. Uh, Danny, when can we expect the book? Uh, probably this fall. Oh, Nancy, thank you for reminding me. Next week, we're going to jo- be joined by Abigail Harrison, a.k.a. Astronaut Abby. That's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to that interview. We are not going to talk about it more. I'm not going to say, I, I need to say, I, I always joke like it's never aliens. I'm actually going to stop saying that because that's what Avi Loeb wants me to say. He wants me to say it's never aliens so he can say, look, 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 scientists are being dogmatic. They're saying it's never aliens, but it's, it's a valid hypothesis. That's what he wants me to say. So I'm going to stop saying it. I'm going to stop saying it. Instead, I'm going to say it's a bad idea. Thank you, Space Cadets, for listening. See you next week. And remember, science is for sure.